How's it going, everybody? This is Nathan with the Birds in the Lees. I am here with my lovely wife, Kim. Kim, how are you? I'm doing great today. And yeah, we're doing great. It's quarantine week 80, and we are stuck inside once again. And, uh, you know, uh, we're doing the very best we can. I got to tell you, uh, I'm running out of things to break in the house. So um, I figure. Uh, that better be lifted soon. But tonight, I'm excited. Tonight, I'm excited because we have a very special guest, a good friend of ours, someone that I have had the pleasure of working with uh, in the past uh, at a previous church I was at, and just an all-around really awesome and great guy. Um, Oscar Camacho, how are you tonight, Oscar? Great, great, great. I am good. Uh, It's week 170 here. In Carrollton. Oh, really? You guys went in. You guys went in earlier than we did. Yeah. Well, with the time difference, and I, it, it feels that way. Yeah, the time difference between counties. Yeah. Is that what it is? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel that way. Yes, <laughs> and I do just feel that way. We're we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, well, we have we have sons that are the same age, right? Um, let's see. Julian's eleven. Yeah, Garrett's turning ten tomorrow, yeah. so they're pretty close to the same age. So, um, so yeah, you kind of are in that ten, eleven year old wheelhouse where, you know, at some point somebody's trying to be a Jedi. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, more often than not. More yes, often. yes. And and something that uh, well, we were as we were setting this up, Oscar asked me if we could uh, get into his uh, Jar Jar Sith <laughs> theories at some point. No, he did not. <laughs> yes, he did. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, I believe my agent should have sent that ahead of time. Did yeah. did she not send that? that? Was that in the writer <laughs> right. that you get to talk about it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have to dedicate at least 10% of whatever time we spend together <laughs> oh. going over, I mean, it's standard procedure stuff. Standard oh. procedure. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. Well... <laughs> and 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 that brings up a very good point because you are a man of many uh, many interests and many trades. Uh, obviously, from uh, having known you for several years now, you are a uh, uh, a writer. Am I correct on that? Yes. Um, you are a uh, you're an audio uh, and production guy. Yes. Yes, and you are also a DJ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the guy to go to if you want good food. You know where to go. That is correct. Yes. And uh, I do appreciate your recommendations. My One of my favorite memories on our staff was when we did the, uh, the great uh, Find the Best Taco in Dallas Day. <laughs> and every recommendation, every place that they mentioned, I watched your face just sink. The place that the place that my team went to didn't even have tacos. It didn't even, <laughs> they didn't serve tacos. It was just like a it was just like a like it was a Mexican restaurant, but they didn't serve tacos. They just served like homemade soups and you know, stews and stuff like that. So when we got there and we're like, hey, we're, you know, doing this taco thing. And they're like, man, we don't we don't serve tacos here. And so that was that was pretty awesome to Yeah. We did not I win. remember that. No, we didn't win either. I had brain tacos and there was no way to sell that to anybody. <laughs> Ew. Oh man. 
that was that was my one opportunity to eat something that had brains in it, and I went for it. So, so. gross. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, somebody asked me, and I said it, it's it's kind of like meat flavored marshmallows. So, mm. um, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> but we digress because we have other subjects to talk about. So if you've been uh, listening and you know that uh, Kim and I started this podcast as uh, just an opportunity and a little uh, side venture to um, kind of tell our story, but at the same time, uh, reach out to others who are in ministry, uh, other pastoral families, ministry families who, ex- you know, kind of to open up the door and say, hey, you know what, we're all kind of experiencing the same thing. Um, you, you know, you're not in this vacuum or in isolation and the things you experience and, uh that was part of the reason we were at a birthday party for a mutual friend and just kind of sharing, catching up with each other. And it seemed that we hit a, uh, 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 you mentioned something we're going to get to in a minute that I thought we both, uh, Kim and I both went, yeah, that's 100% what this podcast is about and wanting to get you on here. Um, but first, what I wanted to do is just the, ask you uh, if you could just uh, share with everyone, how did you get into ministry as a whole? Um, you know, was that something you had aspired to be in uh, early on in life? Or did you just, you know, kind of like me at one point, just woke up one morning and went, whoa, wait, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm sorry, you were cutting out. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Um, my question for you first is, um, you know, we all have different stories of how we kind of ended up working in ministry in general, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, I went the road of youth pastor and now I'm a family pastor, um, kind of what's your story and where you got to where you are now. Oh, okay. So, um, so I was actually born in seminary while my parents were in seminary. And so I had no choice. I was destined to be (laughs) in ministry um, no, so my parents were in seminary when I was born, and so I've been in church and ministry my, my whole life. Um, I grew up playing music, playing piano, and stuff like that. Um, and so I never thought I'd do anything pastoral or, um, like I just wanted to play music, basically. Um, and I was mm-hmm. involved in sports and stuff like that, and so I thought that was going to be kind of what ministry-wise, what I was going to be doing. Um, once I turned 14, I started doing more tech stuff. And and for the past however many years, that's been kind of my ministry is, is doing tech, um, training other churches and doing tech, um, traveling and, and just sharing with churches how to do tech better, how to um, look at it from a ministry perspective instead of just Mm-hmm. pushing buttons and stuff like that. And the more I kept doing it, the more I felt like uh, there was a need for for uh, people to understand the ministry side of it. Um, and so that's kind of where I've where I've been. Um, the last couple of years have turned more uh, have taken more of a pastoral role as I've uh, begun to work with uh, volunteers and developing volunteers and so um i've been a little more hands off of equipment and more uh spending time with people and actually you know going out to eat with them or or having coffee and just asking questions like you know how are you doing um what can i pray for you about and stuff like that and so it's turned more ministry um and and um 
I've always felt like there was a calling for that, but it's in the last two years that I've really felt like God saying, now is the time for you to do this pastoral stuff. Um, and I've always said, like, God's always used the, the tech thing as an excuse to um, get me into conversations with pastors. And so I would go visit mm -hmm. a pastor because they needed help with, with equipment. And as we're working through stuff, um, the conversation, like, almost every time will turn into that pastor sharing something about his church or his team or his family and me having the opportunity to just pray with them and say, Hey, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I, um, I understand. And like, this is, here's what's worked for us or, you know, how's here's how we've prayed through things like this before. Um, and so that's kind of where that's kind of the space that I've been in ministry wise. Mm. Okay. Um, and I think that's, that brings up something that, uh, you know, as I got to know, you really appreciated uh, because I, I always used to joke that whenever every church that I've been in, the first case I make fun, I might not make fun of, sorry, I did make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird Excuse that you me. got let go from it's, a church. Yeah. Wow, it's so weird. weird. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that was a faux pas. No. Um, the first guys I make friends with are the tech guys. Because, yeah, that was always the thing I said was, you, you know, the first uh, group of guys I want to go, uh, and women, obviously, because they're part of it, too. I want to go make friends with them because. <laughs> Man, you're just taking that I'm shovel. I'm really wow. shooting myself in the foot on this. <laughs> and we'll be back after this short message. <laughs> short message. <laughs> we may not be back. <laughs> <laughs> But this is how we like it. We like it raw and unedited, right? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, because I, I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, I think there's the the misconception that uh, you know the whole button pusher misconception. But um, you know, with the amount of people who love to do that and aspire to and want to do it, uh, there's definitely a ministry route. Just in the like you said, the volunteers you get to meet with, yeah. that you get to have conversations with. You know, and I think a lot of times the the mistake that I've bumped into people's misperception or misunderstanding of ministry is that you have to have the title pastor to be pastoral, and that's not it at all. Pastoral care is whoever, obviously, uh, it's what we're all called to, in a sense, is we're all called to pastoral care of people. Um, and so, you know, I uh, always appreciated that viewpoint of, you know, the the more, I guess, holistic view of everybody has a role to play um, within a church, and every role is just as important as the other. Um, there's no one that, that stands alone because they all need each other. So there's that kind of very symbiotic relationship with everything. So, um, I you know, my thing is, uh, I don't know if people often appreciate the amount of work you guys do. <coughs> because, I mean... You're probably up there more than anybody, I would say, right? Yeah, and and one of the things I always tell our volunteers or or um, anybody that I'm talking to about tech is that we have to realize the importance of our job, that everything that happens on stage runs through our hands and ears and eyes. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just that you're pushing a button, and you have to know which buttons to push and all of that. But understanding the responsibility that everything that happens on stage is going to go through you. And so, yes, you do need to know which buttons to push and all of that. But you also need to 
um, have prepared yourself um, coming into a Sunday or, or a Wednesday or, or whatever service um, so that you're in sync with the people that are up there. And so mm-hmm. it's a lot more than just I know when to mute this or, un- or unmute it or bring this up or down. It's, it's understanding that um, that importance that there's that people's and this is it it sounds like a lot and it is a lot but um understanding that people's eternal future is at stake Mm -hmm. and so if you don't come prepared if you don't understand that and you're just pushing buttons and you push the wrong one or whatever and that message is not not being able to be preached clearly or or it won't yeah. be understood or be or there'll be a distraction and and so it's it's to me and to I would say the teams that I work with that's been our we always <clears throat> we always think about that like we always make it a point to understand that um we have a big responsibility and it's not just um it's not just having a warm body up there that can press a button like there there is a very real responsibility that we have to make sure that the that the message is is being heard clearly that the songs are being um transmitted clearly and 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 that we're not a distraction but we're we're an instrument to to get the word out yeah i mean you you guys are really um cliche the unseen uh unseen piece of the puzzle right because that's part of your job is you don't want to be seen because if they see you that means things aren't going smoothly yeah um how, yeah you know how, you, you know you're working with because i work with volunteers all the time um do you feel like once you've gotten that across to them do you see a, a change in how they approach and i know this is going down a different road and i'm going to bring us back around to where uh, you know, kind of where we're going tonight, but I, I find this really interesting in the in the sense of talking about volunteers because I feel like that's the struggle everybody has is how to get people who want to help, and I think there's a difference between helping and then really diving into serve. Right. And I don't know if you would agree with that, but I think there's people who are like, hey, I got this and I want to do something, but then there's this communication that you have to get across and say, well, this is more than just doing something. And I can, I can think, you know, it was always fun to watch, especially with youth or teens, when that kind of clicked with them. And, you know, personally, I, I don't know if that's something that we're struggling a little bit more with now to communicate to people. Um, but, uh, you know, do you feel like there's, yeah, there seems to be a definite point when they get it? Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, I try and lay it all out on the table from the first time that we meet. And so kind of my onboarding process is to have coffee with somebody that's interested and then lay it all out and say, this is who we are. This is our team. This is what we do. These are our our responsibilities. This is what you can expect from us. What do you uh, want to get out of it? What's your experience level? And getting all that information out from them and so that I can so that they have a clear understanding of of what it is that we do and what we're expecting and as I'm laying all that stuff mm-hmm. out um I I there's people that say oh I, I just want to do audio and that's cool but one of the things I want to do with volunteers is 
that's great that you want to do audio, but I want to give you some touches on lighting and I want to give you some touches on camera because you might find out that doing camera is something that you actually really, really love and that you're actually really good at. And so um, I don't want people to just be locked down to, I just do this. And so if that's, it sounds a little bit harsh, but if that's what that person wants to do, then we're probably not the right fit for them. And mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, there's been a lot of times that we've gotten volunteers that really want to help, really want to work, um, but it's just not a good fit. And so we do more damage by trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole rather than yeah. say, well, I, like, let's pray about this. Maybe you, what you wanted, where you can serve is in this other ministry or whatever. And so mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a moment when it clicks. I think my responsibility is to help them get there, to help them understand like, oh, yes, like what I'm doing matters. I'm, what I do is of importance. They do see me. They do appreciate me. Um, and I think I would like to think that we have a lot more success stories um, because of that. Um, I think a lot of our guys and girls um, – tend to get it pretty quickly and yeah. and that comes from my personality and the personality of the rest of the guys on our team um like um, you know how i am so you know that i like to joke around yeah. and and that's part of our our dna as a team is as we joke around we'll make uh memes of each other we'll photoshop our faces <laughs> on stuff um because we want it we it, we don't want it to be so dry and so like um religious or what like that's not yeah. who, that's not who i am outside of church and so the person that you see at church is the same person that you see here at my house the same person that you see anywhere that i go and so um i i want people to see that and so i think when they get that when they understand that that's one of those things that that's one of those times that they get it like okay yeah i i can serve and and I can be myself and I can bring my talents and my strengths to this team. That's awesome. Well, and, and you bring up a good point because we, we actually did a con had a conversation with a, a friend of ours who's a pastor and his wife. And they brought up the same thing about that consistency of character. Who I am at church is the same person I am, you know, at home. And the person you are, and, and as, again, and I feel like we have a, a limited uh, time. You know, obviously, we work together, and uh, we hung out in that context. But uh, just having conversations and listening to you now, uh, this larger picture of you know ministry and pastoral uh, ministry, um, and you mentioned something a little while ago about how this opportunity in tech has opened up doors for you to speak with pastors, to care for them and pray for them. Um, and as we had our conversation, uh, oh, well, man, it's probably been a month ago, month and a half, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while. It seems like years. You know, you're in this position now where you've gotten involved in some uh, very focused care for pastors. Yeah. And uh, that's what I, you know, that was part of what I wanted to uh, talk about with you tonight. Because Kim and I, have, that's something that's been really big on our heart because we've actually gone through some uh, pretty traumatic experience in ministry. Um, that's kind of what brought us to, to where, uh, where we were working together. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like that there's a lot of, uh, how to be a great pastor, but not necessarily so much about how to care for those guys 
um, and care for women and take care of them so that you, they don't experience the burnout or the stress because it is a stressful job. So, um, you know, probably I don't want to speak for you, but maybe uh, kind of give a picture of what you're doing now. So, yeah. So um, this is something that happened, um, man, two years ago now that I went to Cuba um, and God had already been kind of stirring my heart a little bit more, like I was saying, into ministry and and all of that. And and so I was going to Cuba with some friends um, to they were two pastor friends and they were going down there to um, just kind of pray with pastors and, and meet the churches down there and. And it was just a trip to basically just see what, what this ministry is doing down there. I was going because um, I was going to talk to the tech people there and figure out what they're doing and, and how can we help, you know, with, with what they have. Um, and about a week before the trip, um, uh, the guy that was that had uh, organized this trip and everything sent me a text and said, hey, we're, we're switching up the trip. Um, we're going to land in a different city. We're going to land in Havana. And then from there, we're going to go um, uh, meet with some pastors. And um, they want you guys to talk. And so I, it was in a in a text thread. And so I was like, oh, cool. Um, I wonder what you guys are going to talk about. Because I'm there <laughs> for sound and, and tech. And so he was like, no, no, no. They want you to to speak as well. And here's a list of topics. And one of the topics was uh, uh, pastoral family. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I know for a fact that I can't talk about, you know, all these other topics. And it was like super deep theology stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not even going to touch any of that. Um, but I can speak about pastoral families because I'm a pastor's kid. My grandparents were pastors. My great grandparents were pastors. So I can talk about that stuff all day just for my experiences. Um, and so so I was like, I'll, I'll do that. So my dad's dropping me off at the airport. And the whole trip, we're just like um, not even talking that much. Um, and right as I grab my backpack and my, and my uh, suitcase out of the trunk, um, he's still inside in the car and he looks at me as I'm closing the door and he says, Hey, you have a lot to say that God's given you. So just do that. Just talk, just share what God's hmm. given you. And I'm, and it's in that motion that I'm closing the door and I was like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean? Say what God's given me? Like, I don't, I, what are you talking about? And he goes, all right, see you later. And then he drove off. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh snap. Like, what did he what did he mean and then he wouldn't pick up his phone like and that's my dad i get my mm -hmm. prankingness and all of that stuff from him so that's very on par for him to say to throw something heavy at me and then just bail out um so i'm sitting with that in the plane and i'm and so i'm just thinking like okay well i'm i'm just gonna talk from my experiences as a pastor's kid mm -hmm. and so we spent five days in cuba out of those five days i spent three hours talking about tech stuff and the rest of the time I was just sitting down with pastors and sharing about 
um, my experience as a kid, as a pastor's kid, and they would ask me questions. And one pastor said, hey, um, one of our sons um, has walked away completely from the Lord. And how would you deal with that? Have you experienced something like that? And so we'd actually um, experienced something like that before. And so I said, well, this is what we did when someone uh, from our family walked away from the Lord. And as I'm explaining it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I do have something to say. (laughs) Like, (laughs) my dad was right. Um, And so and then God just began to to speak to me and say, this is your time. I want it's time for you to open your mouth and talk. And Mm. from that point on, I started um, being more focused on when I talk to pastors and, and ask questions about soul care and stuff like that. When I came back from Cuba, a friend of mine who was a youth pastor at a church that I worked at um, some years ago uh, calls me up and says, hey, um, can you help me edit this book that I'm working on? And I said, sure. And as we begin to talk, he starts telling me about this nonprofit that he that he started called Replenish. And so he's like, I want you to go on, on a Replenish trip and and uh, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go. And so I was like, OK, well, tell me what it is. So Replenish is an organization that takes pastors away for uh, on short trips, four days, five days, um, and it's all soul care. And so it's super mm-hmm. relaxed. It's um, there's not a, a, a big agenda of conferences and doing this and that. It's basically you go away and you take care of yourself. You take care of your soul. We talk about... Um, understanding that we have a soul that it needs mm-hmm. care um and that in in ways to prevent that burnout ways to prevent hitting that wall and so i went on a trip last year um and it was just it was so powerful to um you're forced to deal with your inner thoughts and everything mm-hmm. because there's a bunch of white space that's built in intentionally for for you to deal with that for you to yeah. you know to think about that and so um the trip that i was on there was um there was eight of us there's normally 10 to 12 pastors that go on a trip like this our trip was a little bit smaller um there were uh executive pastors on our on our trip and so it was it was cool to see you know, how an executive pastor deals with burnout and how they deal with distress and everything. And then learning from each other um, and coming away from that, um, saying, man, like, this is the type of thing that I want to do. Like, uh, I want to be more involved in this. I want to help other pastors experience what I did and and figure out ways to avoid a, a burnout, to see the signs and, 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 um, and so that's kind of how I've I've been involved in this. Um, last year there were eight trips. This year we had twenty trips planned. Obviously wow. that's um, been it's changed because of everything that's yeah. happening right now. <clears throat> um, but what we're doing is Zoom calls and and just yeah. sitting down with pastors and and just listening to them. And so the the kind of the the way that the trip works is you um you show up at the city that you're supposed to be at or or mm-hmm. if it's local or whatever you have a, a meet and greet at a coffee shop and then that night we have a, a short meeting and we just talk about expectations um 
and then the next morning we have breakfast we have a meeting in the morning we have a meeting around lunch and then we have a meeting in the at night and that's kind of the rhythm for it um Mm -hmm. and the meetings are pretty short um because we want people to we want pastors to just rest for a lot of them this is the first time they've had a day off in months some people years and so you know we want them to sleep like if they if they're always having to wake up early because they have to take kids to school and blah 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 like hey sleep in late like don't worry about getting up at six in the morning like wake up at eight or nine and and get that rest and and learn a new rhythm like um take care of yourself because um as pastors and and as people in ministry um if if you burn out like everybody's so important and and these guys are leaders and and they're in that front line so they need that rest in order to be able to continue the work that they're doing um i don't believe that god wants us to burn out i don't believe that god wants us to just go so hard that um you know we just burn out before we're supposed to i think god wants us to have a rhythm of rest and you know even in genesis it talks about he took a a day off he had that sabbath Mm -hmm. and so for a lot of pastors that's not a reality but it needs to be some it needs to be something that they practice in order to be able to fill themselves up and be able to 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 have something to give Mm. do you feel like or in your experience with this have you seen uh, maybe the primary uh, issue being a busyness or there are other things that kind of pop up into that burnout that, that raise that danger level of that? Um, you know, it's everything. Some, some pastors are not supposed to be pastors. Some pastors mm. went into the ministry because um, a lot of different reasons. Um, some pastors got into it because they were just that one person that wasn't afraid to speak in public or whatever. Mm. Um, some pastors um, just kind of fell into it because, you know, they were past pastors kids. And so when their, you know, dad retired, they just kind of took over the church, but they never wanted to be in ministry. And so, but they just did it because they could. Um, some pastors, um get to that point because of busyness because of stress because of dealing with people because of numbers being down or numbers being up um because the church you know doubled or tripled in a short amount of time and they don't know how to find a rhythm of of Mm -hmm. life in that or because the church went from two thousand people to 30 people you know and so there's just kind of everything everything in between um and so e- each trip is completely different. Um, mm. and, and just like every conversation that I have is completely different. The same, the things that you and I were talking about at, the, at that birthday party are not the same things that I would tell somebody else because their experience isn't the same as yours. And yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I feel like something that has been a huge blessing for me is that uh, I been able to travel a lot i've been able to work with a lot of different ministries and so i've gotten to see a lot of different things um when we lived in in columbia the church that my parents pastored was a huge church 
And then when we moved to the States, uh, we came to pastor a church of like 100 people. Mm-hmm. And so we went from like thousands of people to 100 people. We went from a church that had a whole worship team, full band, the whole thing, um, to a church where the guy that was leading worship was just a guy on an acoustic guitar. And yeah. he was playing, he was leading with hymns. And so I've been able to experience like both ends of it. And so that gives me um, just an opportunity to share different things and different experiences with, with pastors. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting to see how everybody gets to that same burnout point. Yeah. But just from all kinds of different roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we found that with our personal story was, you know, um, I was let go from a church and a lot of situations we we've seen lots of people who've had that happen, but there's always seems to be a very, uh, there, there's some element of it that's fairly unique that, uh, you can feel kind of out there by yourself. Um, and you know, this is my experience. Nobody else understands this. Nobody has anything that they can feed into that because it's so unique. But to, you know, what you're saying, I mean, we have so many shared experiences in the, in the world of being in ministry that, uh, you can speak into different things. And, you know, obviously, uh, for you, I'm curious is in doing this, how has that impacted you personally, you know, from you, in my impression is, man, you've, you've got a foot in a lot of different worlds. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and here you are, you're doing this awesome and I believe very vital ministry to pastors about burnout. Um, you know, how do you, how does that manifest with you? Um, so for me, the example comes from my dad, from my Mm -hmm. parents, um, and my grandparents, um, from my parents, because, um, there's three, I have two other siblings, two brothers, two younger brothers, and we all played sports. We all did music. Um, my dad showed up to every basketball game, every football game, every wrestling match, every soccer game, every band concert. Um, (laughs) he was just there. Yeah. And so it gave us the, it, it gave us that, um, example that, um, we were more important to him than anything else. And so our view of ministry is our family is first. My kids, my wife is first before church, before the ministry. Um, They're my first ministry. And so Mm -hmm. um, from that, I I filter kind of my whole ministry or my whole thought of ministry through that. Like if my family's first, and so I need to make sure that I'm there for my kids' um, recitals and soccer games and whatever. Um, because I'm telling you, like, <laughs> we would look at the stands and my dad was the guy over there <laughs> yelling at us and, <laughs> you know, either cheering us on or telling us, you know, do this, do that or whatever. Um, and actually with my middle brother, he was a goalie, I think his freshman and sophomore year. And my dad would sit behind the goal. And would coach him to the point where our the, the our coach would be like, "Hey, can you tell your dad to sit in the stand?" <laughs> um, and so it was funny because we were like, "Dad, you can't like you got to sit in the stands." But it was awesome that I knew that I could always look in the stands and my dad would be there. 
Yeah. And yeah, even when I went cool. when I went to college, I had a I was in a percussion ensemble and my dad showed up to my recital and I'm, you know, 22 years old and my dad's there and I could see him and he's, you know, waving and everything. And so that was <laughs> awesome like to know that I was more important to him than you know, whatever meeting he might have had that day, yeah. that he moved stuff around so that he could be there for us. And so um, that's my so my example of ministry um, is a healthy one, is, yeah. is, is something that we've been through a ton of stuff. We've been through people stabbing us in the back, church splits, and all of this stuff. But... At the end of the day, it was almost like none of that stuff mattered because we knew that my parents loved us and that mm. we were like the church could split and everything else. But you know what? That's fine. It's it's God's church. Um, yeah. And what mattered is that we were together as a family. And then if a ton of people left, that was fine. We were continuing to meet on Sundays or continuing to have prayer meetings, and then people would come and join us, and and, and the ministry was us. So the mm -hmm. ministry grew out of that. And so as I've experienced now being outside of his church for, um, man, almost 20 years, and mm -hmm. dealing with my own, you know, church splits and all of that, um, I, I'm still looking at like my family is my ministry and people can leave, but, um, other people will be added to this, you know, this core group here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, those bad things are, are part of life just like everything else. And we love people and, and we forgive them and, and, you know, all of that. But, What's what's really shaped me is is that example of of no matter what happens, um, our family needs to be first, and and people will see that, and people that want to experience that and want to learn how to do that are the ones that are gonna stay with us and grow with us, and that's the kind of church that we want to be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome. So you know, you mentioned and I won't take up too much more of your time because I definitely, I, you know, I can see you being on here regularly. Uh, like we need to have, we need to have an Oscar corner. Uh, mm, I like that. <laughs> that would be cool. So for replenish kind of what's the, what's the future looking like? I mean, obviously we're in the middle of this Corona thing and you're talking about the, the zoom meetings and the care and that, uh, has there been any conversation of, you know, this is kind of a unique paradigm and if it continues on, you know, has this changed? And the reason I ask that is for us, even um, in a local church, you know, we're kind of forced into this uh, digital uh, online kind of ministry more than we've ever have before. But we kind of almost don't see us backing away from it, even after we're in a physical building. You know, it's not something we're going to abandon like this has become, you know, another outlet for that. Um, do you feel like that's maybe expanding the ministry of replenish, you know, beyond, obviously you have the retreats and, but maybe even more of a resource there? Yeah, I think, um, it's, I wouldn't say it's forced us to be creative. I think it's awakened a, something in us to be more creative. Mm. Um, um, you'll need to talk to Rod Jones, who's, who's the head of this and, and he is um, 
he's something else. He's very, <laughs> he's, he's that type of guy that um, it's super creative when it comes to, um, you know, man, this isn't working. And he's like, nah, bro, yeah. let's do this instead. And, and, you know, calling, calling plays at the line type of thing, uh, loves to, to play with audibles. And so, um, yeah. and so this has just created an opportunity to be, um, more creative and, we can't do the trips that we were supposed to be on right now. So how do we still minister to uh, these pastors? How do we still care for them? And so it's, hey, let's send out a text message. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, how are you feeling today? What can I pray for you about? Um, and just doing that one-on-one until we can get to a place where we can uh, do the trips again. Um, the way that we, the way that pastors can come and, and, and do these trips is because, uh, for example, if I'm leading a trip, then I'll I'll pray for people that I know that need this trip. Mm. And so I would I would pray and kind of go through my list of people that I know and say, well, I think Nathan needs to go on this trip. Yeah. And then, uh, well, I know this other pastor that should go on this trip. And so you kind of put that trip together. And so um, with our website and everything now, people are able to apply and everything and, and and now we get people that we have no idea where they come from and who they are and, or any hmm. of that stuff um but for the most part is is word of mouth and so we're able to piece trips together based on people that we know and so that's given us an advantage right now because we're not calling people just out of the blue and saying hey by the way i'm oscar i you know, work at this church and I'm part of this ministry, you know, replenish and we do this, this and this. And how's your soul today? And it's like somebody that I've never <laughs> talked to in my life. <laughs> and so uh, it's like, like door to door evangelism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I'm so from my part, what I'm doing is I'm just reaching out to pastors that I know and saying, hey, yeah. um, how are you doing? How's your family? Are you guys OK? Um is there anything that I can pray for you about? Um, and then we had a Zoom meeting uh, this past weekend on Friday. And, you know, we had a couple guys from California. We had a guy that's out in uh, Little Rock. Um, the guy that I was telling you that is sheltering in place in Gulf Shores. Um, yes. And so <laughs> hard life. Hard, hard life. <laughs> um, and so it was cool to... to some of the guys that were on that Zoom call I've met and, and I've been on a trip before. Other guys I don't know. Um, but it was like getting to have one of our trips, but just for about an hour. And everybody yeah. got to share. We got to pray for each other. Um, we got to check in and see where everybody was at. And so um, we're just being creative with it and and figuring out a way that we can keep up with guys Um as we get ready for once this thing is lifted and, and we can get together again, we know we're going to have to hit the ground running incredibly fast. Right now, what we've been doing has just been guys. Um, but one of our goals is to be able to do one for pastor's wives. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that's kind of in the works right now. And so that's what what Rod is working with right now. Is like, okay, yeah. by the time this is done, we need to figure out how to do a trip for pastors' wives, because it's not just pastors. And one of the things that I'm working on 
Um, and one of the reasons why I got involved with Replenish because what I felt like was God was calling me was to do pastors' families. So instead mm-hmm. of doing a trip where it is, you know, 10 or 12 pastors or pastors' wives and, and doing it that way is picking one pastor family and spending a weekend with them. Wow. And just That's amazing. Taking them out to eat, um, even if it's in the same city, just like, yeah, uh, getting a, a couple of hotel rooms where they can stay, and then we're just gonna be friends. Like I'm, I want mm-hmm. to be your friend. How can I pray for you? Uh, I want to be somebody that you can call and say, "Hey, man, man, this week sucked. Like yeah. I had all these other things happen. Like, can you just, can I just vent? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and just be an ear, just be somebody that they can trust in that." Um, and so this time that we're not able to do our normal stuff, it's time that we're taking to plan. It's time that we're taking to figure out what other ideas we can do, um, what other things we can do. And one thing that I felt um, really heavy coming into the shelter in place um, was I felt like the, the ministries, the pastors, the churches that can look at this time as an opportunity to be creative are the ones that coming out of it um, are going to have such a huge impact because they'll have just this mm-hmm. whole other perspective of what a church can be and what ministry can be. And it is not tied to a building. And the mm-hmm. building is awesome and it's great and it's necessary. Um, but we can do ministry outside of it and we can do ministry through Zoom calls and team meetings and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's and that, I agree. That's something I think as a whole – you know, the team I'm on, we're excited about. Um, we've already seen just uh, incredible uh, benefit from just being creative with student ministry. And, you know, the, we, we feel more like we're actually moving into the world that they exist in and that they live in versus trying to pull them into, you know, to your point, instead of just trying to pull them to a building, we're now living in their world on a daily basis, which you know, has always been the, the, the goal, but for now we're real right now, we're really doing it. And, uh, I love it because it's, it's, it's undermining our complacency in doing things as the status quo. And, uh, I think that's, that's really important. And it, it's encouraging to hear that you guys are pursuing that as well. Kim's been super quiet. Do you have anything you want to ask? No, we'll I, only go a few more minutes because <laughs> now Kim's talking. Because no, because <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love hearing about ministries that um, have you know kingdom building consequences. So I just take it all in and listen to. Um, I guess I really think a lot about how I wish Nathan and I had had a resource like that when we were completely tapped out because our uh, end result was just to essentially step down for two years and kind of take a breather. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I think, Mm -hmm. I think some, a lot of people get there because of a lot of negative consequences, a lot Mm -hmm. of negative things, but I think it's important that we put in place a uh, a rhythm of rest mm-hmm. um, because we have to. We have to rest. Like, we have to take time to be with our families. We have to take time to do something um, to replenish ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Wait a minute. I nice. get it now. 
um, we need that. Like, we need to do something that that's fun and 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 that gets us out of the daily right. routine that we're in. You know. Yeah. And so, you know, I I I do think that taking a year off or taking two years off, if you can do it, um, mm-hmm. it's it's super beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the way that I see God work in my life is through seasons. Um, and so, you know, coming up and on, I'm turning 40 in a, in a three weeks. And so if I was still doing the same thing that I was doing when I was 25, mm-hmm. like it, it would mean I had no growth. It would mean, yeah, you know, I, I would have just been kind of in that, in that, uh, hamster wheel just doing the same thing over and over and over um whereas i feel like i started out in one place and i've been able to grow um in what i do with with tech and what i do with all these other things and then grow in ministry because what i what the world was experiencing when i was 25 is way different than what the world is right now and so um and taking the taking times to rest um is is super important for us and our family what we do is we try and take um uh just trips like a day trip somewhere and Mm -hmm. now my wife works on an airline and so it's a little bit easier to get up and go somewhere (laughs) yeah um yeah if so um if you have someone in your family that's looking to get a job i would highly suggest once we get out of this for them to work for an airline because then you can travel. Um, Right. But, but it's a blessing for us Mm -hmm. that my wife is able, is able to work for this company. And so I'll, I know my body. I know when I start getting stressed out and I'll say, Hey, can we go anywhere? Like, can we just awesome. And so we'll take it and we'll drop the kids off with my parents or sometimes we'll take them and let's just get out of Dallas. Um, Mm. And just we'll talk on the plane or we'll rent a car when we get there and drive um, and just talk and just Mm kind of decompress from everything. Um, Before she worked at the airline, we would just do road trips. So we drive to San Antonio, um, stop at the check stop, get a bunch of kolaches and then keep driving. (laughs) Um, But but doing something that will help us decompress. And so taking time off, I think it's important so that you don't get to that burnout um, mm-hmm. so right. that you can create some headroom um, for when the pressure's on, you have somewhere to go and you're not just all always on the red, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, uh, I, I definitely appreciate uh, greatly uh, what you're involved in and uh, just that vision for it. Um, and hopefully we will be out of this soon and we can actually uh, say hi sometime. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you and you can get on the trip, you know. Um it's hard to be your 40th birthday and be locked inside. We have a 10-year-old having his birthday tomorrow and it's like yeah. It's, we it's were commiserating. Yeah, we were commiserating earlier about canceled trips and plans and things like that, but uh we know that at some point we'll get to do them, so. But Just uh, trying to make the best of it for now, but um but it's definitely very, very tough to know that you, you're just stuck at home. <laughs> you're just stuck at for home. For the foreseeable I mean, future. 
I haven't even checked to see how many mo- how much of Disney Plus my kids have watched and how how <laughs> how far we are through the catalog. Yeah, I you know, I don't really think that's necessary. No, you know, it's kind of that when you're on vacation, carbs don't count. Like when yeah. you're in shelter at home, TV screen time doesn't really count. It's no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, especially when you have two working in the home. You know, and they're one in his makeshift new office in the game room. And uh, <laughs> correct. Which, yes, correct. And then, uh, you know, you're trying not to murder each other while you're both having to do Zoom calls at the same time. Also <laughs> and, correct. And sucking up the bandwidth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah, my my wife is in the home in our office here at the house. And normally... Um, I'd be in the office all day, and if I needed to work, um, I have a little desk, a little writing desk next to hers. Um, that doesn't work when I'm here the full day, so I'm in the guest yeah. room, and I have a desk here. I have some of my music stuff on the side, and I'll put my headphones on and just work on music or something. Um, because, yeah, we to be in the same area, in that same room for eight hours a day would not be good. No, (laughs) we need our space. Yes, we got it. Yeah, that's us too. Well, hey, Oscar, thank you, man. This has been awesome to sit and talk and hear uh, everything that's going on and and hear your heart. Um, And definitely let's sit down and do this again at some point. Um, You know, we will love to get the information on Replenish, put it in the show notes and and have that for everyone who listens and, you know, um, be able to get a hold of that, especially if, if someone's out there just you're feeling that burnout at some point. And I think we all get to it and we can see it. And I think something you mentioned was just knowing yourself to know when it's coming is, is vital. But uh, really this has just been awesome to, to hear and to catch up. Um, We hopefully will have this episode out quickly. um, Definitely. So people can hear it. And uh, again, um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, it's uh, the birds in the lees podcast. You can reach us at podcasting lees at gmail dot com you can check us out we are on itunes uh, well it's apple podcast now I, I gotta break that habit now uh mm-hmm. spotify stitcher all the ones that uh, you're listening to we're there uh, we'd love to hear from you give us feedback tell us uh what we're doing well where we can improve but uh, also to uh, just uh, say a thank you to oscar for coming on tonight and uh, we look forward to uh hearing from you guys and to sharing more oscar again thank you Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is Nathan. And this is Kim. And we will uh, hopefully continue to have a great quarantine. Talk to you later.